I entitled this message today, uh, Lessons just, just from King Hezekiah. And as I look at, as we look at our text today, we're going to see four principles in the life of King Hezekiah that ushered in a period of revival. And what I'm going to try to do is, of course, you know, link this to us. Now, you guys, just so you know, you know, the background on King Hezekiah could be found in 2 Kings 18, verses 1 through 7. We'll use a portion of that for our text. But just for background purposes, Hezekiah is the son of the wicked King Ahaz and reigned over the southern kingdom of Judah for 29 years from 715 to 686 B.C. And he began his reign at the age of 25. But Hezekiah was a man who had a heart for God. The scripture says he held fast to the Lord and did not stop following him. He kept the commands given by Moses, and the Lord was with him. It was Hezekiah in 2 Kings 19, 32 through 34, who when Assyria threatened Judah with an invasion, that Hezekiah prayed, and God delivered him. And the angel of the Lord smote 185,000 Assyrians that night. It was Hezekiah who later became ill in 2 Kings 20, and he prayed, beseeching God to be merciful and to rem remember all the good that he had done in Israel. And through the prophet Isaiah, God told Hezekiah he is granting him 15 more years of life. Hezekiah had a heart for God. But as you go through 2 Kings 18, verses 3 through 7, you see some obvious things, but things that are very applicable to us. Four key principles that I find in Hezekiah's life, and I believe that these principles are directly related to revival. And the first one we see in 2 Kings 18, verse 3. And 2 Kings 18, 3 tells us, and he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that David, his father, did. The first thing we note about Hezekiah's king is that he was a man of God. He sought to follow God. He put an emphasis on his relationship with the Lord. It's an interesting word there. He's, he did all that was right. That word right means that it was straight. It was level. It was that which was pleasing to God, right? Hezekiah had a heart for God. He had a heart for God, a heart of love that compelled him to do what was right before God, no matter how difficult. Now, just think for a moment. It was his father, King Ahaz, who was the one who put up all the pagan idols, led Judah into pagan worship, it was Ahaz who nailed shut the doors of the temple in Jerusalem. And from this wicked king comes a son in Hezekiah who seeks to do right in the eyes of the Lord at 25 years old on the throne. And what I love the most is that Hezekiah does not waste time getting to work and bringing Judah back to God. Look at 2 Kings 18.4. He removed the high places and break the images and cut down the grave, the groves and, and break in pieces the brazen serpent that Moses had made. 
Right away, Hezekiah goes to work. He does. And I think this is really significant because a lot of times our heart is filled with good intentions. And a lot of times our heart is filled with good meditations. But so many times in our desire to serve the Lord, we don't take those thoughts and meditations and place them into action. Although his father was a wicked king, Hezekiah comes in immediately and he tears down the sinful ways. Look at verse four again. Notice what he does. He removes the high places. He breaks the images. He cuts down uh, the groves and breaks into pieces the brazen serpent that Moses made in Exodus with the plague of snakes. Why? Because the people had the wrong form of worship. They worshiped the object instead of the creator. And immediately he goes to work. He gets rid of everything that is not God, everything that is not righteous. Church, I believe something. I, I really do believe this with all of my heart. I believe we have to be at a point in time where our best intentions, many of us here, we desire revival. We desire a move of God. But we also now have, have to take that desire and put it into action. You know, I think of Jeremiah Lamphere. We spent so much time talking about it. I preached about him in November in my church. But you know what? Before that great revival and awakening, although he had the heart for it, Jeremiah Lanphier took it upon himself to create the handouts and went throughout all of the businesses, distributing them. And yet he did not see anything, but he continued. He took his desire and he put it into action. Listen, we're praying for revival, but prayer is but one element. We now have to take that desire and put it into faith by tearing down, getting rid of the things in our lives that may be hindrances, much like Hezekiah did in Judah. And just another comment, just real quick, you know, one of the things we see that Hezekiah did is he tears down the idols. Now, we're not worshiping idols of stone. We're not idol worshiping idols of wood these days any longer, right? Our idols are unseen objects. It could be money. It could be pride, recognition. It could be comfort, leisure, ease, anything. But church, if we want to get right with God, we need to tear down the idols in our own hearts. We need to do like Hezekiah. We need to remove, break down, cut down, break in pieces, anything that is unholy in our life. I like Elise Fitzpatrick. She wrote a great book. I would consider it one of the top 10 Christian books I ever uh, read called Idols of the Heart. And in that book, she makes this statement, idols aren't just stone statues. No, idols are the thoughts, the desires, the longings, the expectations that we worship in the place of the true God. Idols cause us to ignore the true God in search of what we think we need. Note that Hezekiah went to work. 
his intentions were put into actions. And these are reforms that he is putting into place as soon as he ascends into power. He took the proper steps to cleanse the house. Hezekiah was not dormant in his devotion to the Lord. And as a result, verses 5 through 7 of 2 Kings 18 talk about the character of Hezekiah and how he was blessed. Look at 2, uh, 2 Kings 18.5. Here we see that Hezekiah trusted the Lord. He trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel, so that after him there was none like him among all the kings of Judah, nor among those who were before him. Take a look at this. Hezekiah's faith was clearly in the Lord God. That's what the writer means when he says he trusted in the Lord. And I think about that. What a statement. Man, I want that statement to be said about me, that Mark Acevedo trusted the Lord. And I know you want that to be about you, that we would be men and women who trust wholly in God. Hezekiah's trust was not in a system nor in himself, but rather in the person of the Lord. It reminds me of Psalm 34, 22, where it says, the Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. We must come to the Lord with absolute trust, without any doubt, knowing that God is faithful. Listen, I have a simple definition of faith, and I share this with my church all the time, and I'll share it with you. Basically, faith is entrusting oneself to the plan, purpose, and the person of God. Fully entrusting ourselves to the sovereign God, to his sovereign will and his sovereign plan, knowing that his plan has a very definite person and knowing that that purpose comes from the very person of God. And the enemy to that is doubt. It's doubt is the enemy of faith. You know what James 1.6 says, right? But let him ask in faith without doubting, for the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, tossed by the wind back and forth. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, and all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. And I think, I, I love that, because lean on your own understanding, that's just another phrase for doubting God. That's just, I can't trust him, so I'll figure it out. Why? Because our mortal understanding cannot comprehend the supernatural or overcome the impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Hezekiah trusted God. Here's the third point. Hezekiah clung to the Lord for dear life. 2 Kings 18.6, for he clave to the Lord and departed not from following him, but kept his commandments, which the Lord commanded Moses. Note that Hezekiah's obedience wasn't a part-time effort. The word says he clave or he clung to the Lord. This word is used in Job, speaking of the closeness of bone to skin. He was struck. He was stuck to the Lord, connected to the Lord, vitally connected to the Lord. Deuteronomy 10.20 tells us this, thou shalt fear the Lord thy God, him thou shalt serve, and to him shalt thou cleave and swear by his name. Church, part-time obedience is not the sign of life of someone who's truly in Christ. 
when we decide what we will obey and when we will obey it, it places us as the final decider of what is right before God rather than God. We take away God's authority and we supplant it with our authority. And in the process, we dismiss God's authority. Let us repent from all forms of disobedience and indifference and do as Hezekiah did, cling to the Lord. Here's the fourth principle. Hezekiah walked with the Lord, 2 Kings 18.7, and the Lord was with him, and he prospered whithersoever he went forth, and he rebelled against the king of Assyria and served him not. What resulted from Hezekiah's obedience and devotion to the Lord? The Lord was with him. Wherever he went, he prospered. How exactly did Hezekiah prosper? He prospered in his spiritual relationship with the Lord. He prospered by tearing down the sinful ways. He prospered in his kingdom. But yet the greatest prosperity anyone can know is that they are walking right before the Lord. Psalm, the psalmist tells us in Psalm 1, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his Lord doth a law does he meditate day, day and night. Listen, the righteous delight in the Lord. And in his word, the man or woman of God delights in God and in Christ and in the word of God. And you know, delight is the result of a desire. The believer desires God. And as a result, they delight in God. You know, we come to pray for revival. But let us make the reforms and take Hezekiah's action to bring about such revival. Remember, we must do right in the sight of the Lord. We must trust the Lord. We must cling to the Lord, especially in these conflicting days of chaos. And we must walk with the Lord. And it's my prayer that we take inventory at the beginning of this year, take stock of what behaviors we need to employ and what behaviors we need to change so that we step forward in faith and continue to bring and work that the Lord would bring revival to his church. May God bless you.